Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Boys of Summer, episode number 82. I'm Gene Gums. I'm joined by my friends Paul Arnold and Eric Braun as we talk about our favorite sport, that, of course, being baseball. Guys, we're at the All-Star break. It doesn't seem possible. You know, my wife, though, is is, uh, very excited that we're at the halfway point because it's one day closer to it being over. That's how I feel. (laughs) Uh... No, no, Spoken no. Spoken like a Kansas City Royals fan. We're called yeah, boys correct. of summer. We're supposed to enjoy every day of summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting all my weight into uh, Tour de France right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that oh, bad, huh? Wow. Oh, wow. Well, well, actually, you know what, though? For, for Eric, that's not bad. That's like Eric's Super Bowl, right? I, I mean, it, it kind of is. It kind of is. But also, uh, you know, I did go to the game here in Houston on uh, July 4th. So I was there for the uh, for the Royals going up. Five zero early, and then, of course, blowing it late. Oh, you were at, you were at that game? I was at that game. Yeah, the 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 game winning home run landed uh, yeah, in the next in the section next to us, about ten rows oh, up. Oh, brutal! I, my, yeah, my daughter's an Astros fan, so she was happy. It was her birthday. We were celebrating. So, Savannah, well, as we take this right. Yeah. As well as as we tape this right now, the Royals are actually beating the Houston for nothing. Yeah. The problem yeah. is. Yeah, the problem is it's only the second inning. Right. We do great. We do great in the early innings in Houston, apparently. We were leading early yesterday, too. All right. Well, let's 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 do a little bit of a all star break review, as it were. And, you know, we still have, you know, uh, a little bit of time before we get to the all star break. But we are at the midway point. Just about everybody's played 81 games now. And I thought it would be a good time to talk about some surprises and maybe some disappointments. Um, so let's talk surprises first. Is there any, any team or any individual Eric that has surprised you more than anything else, uh, here in the first half of the season? Uh, you know, I've just been, um, surprised at, uh, you know, just in the, you know, cause of course I pay most attention to the AL central, but you know, uh, you know, the, the, the big surprise there is just, you know, that, um, the white Sox have just been really mediocre and, and they've had injuries. But even with that, they've, you know, haven't done anything. The twins are back to being the kind of twins we expected last year, which is nice. It's not, it's a surprise a little bit, but not too much of a surprise. Um, you could kind of see it coming, but seeing them drop, but then, and then also just, I mean, uh, the Yankees just domination of the East has been, uh, something to watch or ignore, whatever your choice of poisons are. <laughs> well, I think I think the three of us would all rather ignore it. <laughs> right, for <Yes>. sure. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you you mentioned the twins, and and you know they're back kind of to being themselves. But what surprised me the most about the twins is when you look at their starting rotation, and you, you really say, well, who the hell are these guys? You've got mm-hmm. Chris Archer, who hasn't been a regular pitcher for years because he's been hurt so much. Dylan Bundy who's been awful. Uh, and uh, he seems to have found new life there. He's, uh, I mean, he's, he's pitching to respectable numbers. Uh, Devin Smelter, you couldn't pick up out of a lineup. Uh, the, the young kid, Joe Ryan has been really, really good. And then Sonny Gray, a guy that the Cincinnati Reds decided they didn't want to pay anymore. So he's moved around a little bit and he's having perhaps the best year of his career. Uh, 11 starts so far. He's got an ERA of two and a half. Who saw that coming? Not me. That's for sure. I'm, you know, uh, it, I promise this episode won't be just me complaining about the Royals the entire time. But, you know, our 
our uh, <laughs> our starters, you know, they 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 come up, they pitch well for a while, and then they break, and we send them back down to the minors. The miners fix them and they come back up and Cal Eldred messes them up again and we have to send them back down. Anyway, it's it's a, it's been a revolving door on the pitching staff. So, so are you are you saying it's time for a new pitching coach in Kansas? That City? is exactly yes. Yes. That's, that is, exactly is it time for a new saying. is it time for a new manager in Kansas City? I don't know yet. I you know, uh, maybe. But definitely the pitching coach, he needs to be gone. I, I don't know what's going on with the pitching staff, but they're terrible, and they shouldn't be. What about you, Paul? Surprises? Disappointments? I mean, obviously, well, I, I, I would imagine the Tigers' record's probably a disappointment after what they did last year. Would you consider them one of the disappointments this season? Uh, yes, and so I'm going to join the Mets bandwagon, folks. Here it is. Oh, Here's my oh, argument Lord. for the Mets bandwagon, the amazing Mets. Without DeGrom, without Scherzer most of the year, they're 50 and 31. They're two and a half games above the Braves. I mean, it's amazing they've gotten this good. Yes, they've had good talent in other positions, but who would have thought Buck Showater would relive 1999 when he led the Diamondbacks to 100 wins and 66 losses with these Mets? Uh, I think it's a great story, and I think it's, I probably played up like crazy in New York, but it's not played up very much out in the Midwest here. Well, and you know what's interesting, and, and we've talked about all the money that the Mets have spent, and they really have when you look at the fact that, you know, all the money they're paying DeGrom and the money that they're paying Scherzer. But, you know, you look at some of these other guys, guys like Taiwan Walker, who, who showed a lot of promise in Seattle and, you know, weren't really sure. But again, here's another guy like Sonny Gray, you know, 14 starts in, he's 7-2, and two, and he's got an ERA at 2.8. I mean, he's been great. And they've needed him to be great because of all the injuries. And and we all know about guys like Pete Alonso, right? The, the big stars like Alonso and Francisco Lindor, uh, you know, and I guess Starling Marte, you throw him in there. But you look at a lot of these other guys and they're kind of like role players. I mean, Thomas Nito is your catcher. I mean, you know, he's your full-time catcher. I thought James McCann was going to win that job. And, you know, Thomas Nito, Jeff McNeil, um, you know, Mark Canna a guy that was a cast off from the Oakland athletics. I mean, I think that they've, I think the key to the, the Mets success has been getting performances from guys that aren't stars. And now the question is going to be as these stars come back uh, and, and all their injuries kind of go away, are they going to be able to to keep that chemistry going? And, and I, and you know, is Buck Showalter going to be able to, to, to keep the magic going and Steve Cohen with all the money he spent, I'm sure he hopes so. Right. Chemistry is so important. Like, look at the Padres and the Astros. I mean, Tatis is injured, Korea leaves, and both the teams are playing actually better in ways now this year than they did last year. So do we overrate one player at that position at shortstop when you can have a, a decent, really good fielding, decent hitting shortstop come in and the chemistry is still good? I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, it is, it has been funny how some of these guys just leave and, and teams, you know, you expect teams to really drop off and they just don't, you know? <laughs> and I think with the Mets, you know, you've got, um, you know, they've got some of these stars coming back, but they're kind of good guys too, though, right? Like, like Max, I mean, he's, you know, he's loved in the, in the, you know, in the, uh, in the clubhouse. So, I, I suspect they'll they'll be okay. Um, well, and Lindor. Yeah. Well, and you guys saw a lot of Lindor. He's he's a yeah, guy that sure. what 
I love I love Francisco Lindor because he plays the game with joy. He plays yeah. the game the way I'd like to think I would play the game if I was actually good enough to play professional baseball. Yeah, yeah, he's he was you know I mean he man he killed killed the Royals, um, but he was he's just a great ball player. Yeah, I don't I don't think those two guys coming back are gonna mess up the chemistry. I think you know you know losing somebody who's a jerk can help your team. I mean you know when when Manny Machado left the Orioles it didn't do much good, but you know ever for other teams it's been, it's been great. <laughs> I have I have two surprises um, for uh, for the first half of the season. Uh, and, uh, one of them is probably going to be a bit of a surprise, but one of my surprises is the Cleveland guardians. I almost call them the Indians, but they have been, uh, look, they're over 500 and the way they were kind of, uh, looked like they were cutting payroll and it looked like that, uh, this was a team that was heading towards the seller. I actually thought the tigers might be, end up being, uh, the, the, the third place team in that division. I still thought that the twins and the white Sox were, were better but I thought that the Tigers were going to be better than the Guardians. And Terry Francona has done a phenomenal job. I think Terry Francona, and I think I've said this on the show before, I think he's the best manager in baseball. And when when you look what he's, I mean, look, it doesn't hurt when you have Jose Ramirez having an MVP caliber season. But, I mean, what he's gotten out of some of these guys, Stephen Kwan, who the hell is he? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, what he's been able to get from some of these guys, I think has been phenomenal. So they're one of my surprises. The other would be the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles are only six games under 500. Now, I mean, I guess it's uh, so. I guess you have to qualify it a little bit. I mean, it's not like they're tearing the cover off the ball. But this is a team that's competitive now in damn near every game. And this is a team that's lost like over 100 games the last three years. And it looks like whatever they've been doing is starting to work. It's kind of maybe, Paul, what you saw with the Tigers, what they were doing last year, right? That some of these young kids are starting to step up and play a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're ready to compete for a playoff spot, but I think they have been a big, big surprise this year. Yeah, the Tigers and the Orioles are, you know, two classic teams if you think about old-time baseball. And the ownership in Baltimore is really messed up right now with some lawsuits within the family. You know, you talk about um, surprises. I think it's a really surprise to me when players don't do well, like Chris Bryan out in San Francisco hitting only one home run this year and, and you know, hitting 293 uh, or Juan Soto only hitting 226. Um, it's amazing how quick some players will drop off or their power changes. Um, I guess age is a great equalizer. Well, again, some of that, like with Bryant, he's had an injury. Juan Soto's been dealing with, he had that, that injury earlier in the season, and he hurt his calf again the other day. So I think, you know, part of the problem is staying healthy. Um, you know, I, I think that might be some of it. But you're right. I mean, that's one of the things that's great about baseball is that, you know, you, sometimes you just have a down year, and a down year from one player can make the difference whether a team succeeds or not. Um, and, and, and as far as disappointments, you know, I guess the the biggest disappointment when I look around Major League Baseball, I think the biggest disappointment would have to be the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think they are the team. If you had to pick out one team that I you know, if Tony La Russa wasn't a Hall of Famer, Chicago would already have a new manager. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, they've been terrible. Um, you know, and uh, and of course La Russa's decision. Uh, he's been second guessed more this year probably than he ever has, um, and that's you know. It's not like he's never been under criticism before, um, but yeah, that's uh, 
it's 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 hard to look at any other team that's underperformed uh you know more than them yeah just looking around i mean you i guess you know for the for the west the al west um the astros you know um have just kind of run away with that division but i think we all you know especially the way they started i think kind of thought this was maybe the angels were going to turn it around this year and i sure did. i sure did yeah and man the wheels fell off that uh, uh that Oof. skateboard pretty fast it was uh so yeah i mean so that's that was i i was i was pretty excited i was like oh they're gonna they might do something this year that was this will be fun but yeah no that's that's not the not the case so let me ask you if you look at the teams right now that are all in last place and unfortunately, Eric, one of them is yours. Yes. Uh, but when you look at the, the Orioles, the Nationals, the Reds, the Royals, the Athletics, and the Colorado Rockies, of those six teams, is there one of them that you think um, is doesn't belong there, or should be should be a lot higher, or is a team that should that should be able to compete next year? I mean, I think, and I don't mean to pick on the Royals, Eric, but a lot of people had high hopes for what Kansas City was going to be able to do this year. I mean, would they be the the, the of that group of six? Are they the one team that maybe is the one that everybody is most surprised at? Not necessarily uh, that they're not leading the division, but that they're, that they're in last. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, look, there's, you know, we've got a lot of young talent and they're coming up. And, you know, I mean, look, Bobby Witt's been great until, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's out tonight because of a bruised hand. But um, with, uh, you know, he came up, it took him maybe three weeks to sort of get into the groove of major leagues. But he's been playing great. And he's still, he, you know, he'll, he'll boot a ball every once in a while. He's still not, you know, what he's going to be. But he's, you know, he's made everybody happy. And MJ... Uh, Maldonado has been, uh, or Melendez has been, uh, uh, you know, terrific since he came up there. They're, they're, those two are leading the team in home runs, you know, and neither started. Well, I guess Bobby started, you know, the season uh, with the team. But, uh, you know, so I think, you know, people see that there's a core there. Um, and honestly, if we had any pitching at all that's been, that was consistent, I think the, the Royals would, um, be in a much better position, but it's just the, the wheels fall off the pitching so regularly. It's been it's been one of the most frustrating seasons of baseball that I've, I've watched with the Royals, and that's really saying something. Uh, just because there's been so many leads blown, and you know this week is a perfect example of that. And I don't know Wait. they're probably they're probably losing by now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been 15 minutes, you know, since they were up 40 zero. Um, but yeah, so that's so I think. I do think there's talent. I think what's I, with the Royals, it's going to, we're going to have to wait and see what happens at the trade deadline. Um, you know, if we get some, you know, uh, and I know we'll, we'll probably talk about this later, but you know, we have to make some smart moves. And I say, we, the Royal, we, um, we're, you know, there's got to be some smart moves made uh, to get the, uh, uh, you know, to, to fix some of the, the problems we have. And, and as I suggested earlier, a change in the pitching coach. You know, when you look at uh, your starting rotation and the lowest ERA of your five starters is 4.2, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, yeah, it's a problem. I mean, and, you know, the, the kid Bubich is what his ERA is north of seven, I think now. Uh, no, he's been you know, so you, you look at some of these guys. 
you know, and, and Brady Singer at times looks pretty good. And then at other times he looks a, a, a little bit lost. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think the home run ball has been a bit of a problem for them this year as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the pitchers have been um, uh, throwing some uh, some live batting practice during games. <laughs> and then, of course, and of course, having well, Sal, Sal be out, there's there's, you know, that's, you know, on the offensive side, there goes a lot of home runs too. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's, help, there's, right. yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of problems, um, on the team. I'm not sure how they're going to get fixed. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, they're gonna have to figure something out, but I think on, as far as other teams, you know, bringing up the rear, um, I mean, I always kind of look at Washington and just say, why aren't they doing better? Um, you know, it's not like they're, uh, don't have any talent on that team. Um, you know, that's, that's turned into a pretty strong division, the NL East. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You, I guess you kind of have to look at the Royals, you know, to, to be the team that probably <laughs> shouldn't be there the most. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad. This is grief counseling. <laughs> that's okay. Yes. Thanks guys. Thanks. Guys. We, just, out. we just let, just let you talk. Just let you, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's talking here and a couple of IPAs. You'll feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've already had one. Uh. <laughs> Well, I mean, and I, I was giddy for a while because, you know, the Red Sox had that incredible June where they only lost like, you know, what, nine games or no, six games or something like that. They were unconscious. It was them and the Atlanta Braves couldn't lose the entire month. But now here we are in July and the Red Sox have uh, kind of come back down to earth. They're getting spanked tonight by the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays for the second straight night. Uh, so, you know, I'm just hoping this is where I was, by the way, I was not in. I'll be curious what you guys think. I was not in favor of the expanded playoffs, but now looking at the American League <laughs> East and what's going on in the American League, I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, the playoffs seem like such a distant. Yeah, thing. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't really have a big problem with it. It's not my favorite thing. Um, uh, you know, are, do they still have like the one game wild card? I thought in. that they were, I thought they were all, and I'll have to look this up because to be honest with you, and I should know this, but I don't, I thought it was now like, I thought it was like three games. I thought it was two out of three, but I could be, I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I like, the, I, like the, uh, I like the one game wild card game. That, that, was, that was awesome. It is drama city. <laughs> That's drama. So well, yes, true. There is, there is that. One of the surprises that. this year that I like, and I didn't think I'd like, is the catchers calling the pitches electronically. I thought, okay, I sort of like the old, do you, do you look into the catcher, you see the fingers go down, and you one for fastball, a two a wiggle, you know, three. It was sort of nice, but man, the game goes faster, I think, when the catcher just punches it in and off you go. So, you know, maybe some new fangled thing is good for baseball. Oh, but yeah, by and large, they said that it is, it is taken 10 to 15 minutes off of games. Really? Um, wow. So, yeah. So I'm in favor of it. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for anything that speeds the game up a little bit. Yeah. That's easy money there. Who knew that would, you shake know, that much time off. Well, you know, and if we could get, and if we could get now the pitch clock next year and, you know, get some of these pitchers and some of these batters that like to, you know, adjust every piece of equipment they have before they, you know, get back in the box or throw a pitch, it'd be, It'd be awful nice. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. You know, speaking of electronic stuff that you brought up, Paul, uh, there was an interview with uh, Rob Manfred last week, and he said, get ready, because 
electronic umpires are coming in 2024. Mm. So I had a change of heart on this one, Gene, a little bit. You did? You know why? Tell me. Because I was watching Wimbledon last week, and tennis at Wimbledon has both. They have like eight different line judges, and they have the head guy up on the chair. They have a person on every line, and then they can peel it to uh, the computer, and it's really fast, and the crowd chants, and it's over within 20 seconds or less. And I thought it was well done. I thought, how can this be in baseball where you can have both? You can have the people on the field and have that appeal better than that. But you're saying Manfred's going all robot on us. Well, no, no. They'll still have the the guys behind the plate, but the um, the, the electronic umpire will tell them whether it's a ball or a strike. Um, So they'll basically just be... It's just straight to the... No. Just it's going to be an electronic uh, umpire, and it's going to come to an earpiece in the home plate umpire's head, and he will give the call. So the the umpires will then just be there to call safer out on the bases and uh, uh, and have those all overturned too. But here's the here's the problem, Paul, with that in Wimbledon or in any tennis they they have it in all tennis matches. It's just it's a line, right? Right. It's 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 one dimensional. The baseball batter's it's a three dimensional thing. And you have balls that can break around the plate, but if it picks up where it lands in the catcher's glove as opposed to where it actually crossed the plate, and that's the problem that they're having. They did it in the Arizona Fall League, and it was a disaster. Um, But Manfred is insisting that this is what they're going to go with, and that's my concern is whether or not it's going to be able to handle uh, the three-dimensional thing. And and here's here's my point. And, And they said that a Major League Baseball umpire misses on average 15 calls a night, 15 ball strike counts a night. Now, when you think about the fact that you might be seeing 300 pitches a night and you're only missing 15 of them, that's not bad. I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. I wish I had that same success rate in my life. I tell you. Oh, hell yeah. We'd be making, we'd be making 500 grand a year because we'd be the most perfect employees in the history (laughs) of employees. You know, now look, there, and there are nights that that umpires have bad nights. There was an, a, a a report card I saw the other day. Uh, umpire, I can't remember what what game it was, but he missed fourteen percent of the ball strikes calls. That's too many, all right. But on average, they say a major league baseball umpire misses two to three percent a night. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with. That. I'll tell you what I would rather. I would almost rather instead of having robot umpires, they give the managers. I don't know, two or three ch- uh, challenges a night on ball strike calls. And it wouldn't take but a second to figure those out. Every TV monitor, every TV broadcast now has that box up there, right? Right. So they could just use that and let the let the managers say, hey, I thought that was strike three. I want to use one of my appeals. And they show where the box is and they say, no, it's not a strike. And that's that. You lose your appeal. I, I'd rather see that than taking the human element out of the game. They've already done that so much with – you know, with the stupid stuff about if you overslide second base and your fingernail comes off by a millimeter. Yeah, I agree. The uh, I like the, the, but oh, go ahead. I, no, go ahead, Eric. I'm done. Okay. I'm just rambling. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think I think you I think you dropped there for a minute. So, uh, but I agree. I think the uh, 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 just losing the human element on. Baseball, because that's that's part of it. 
to me. I mean, if you want to do the, you know, the handful or whatever, three uh, strike appeals during the game, I, I guess that's fine. Um, but it's still, I think it would kind of muddy the waters. Um, I think just kind of roll with it. Get rid of the umpires who can't do it. You know, I mean, Angel, don't put Angel, Angel Hernandez. Hernandez. Right, don't put Angel Hernandez <laughs> behind the plate um, ever. Uh, you know, but, you know, like, and the thing you referenced about the whole thing with, you know, when a player, like, you know, their finger comes off for half a second. It, that's, if, if there's no way the naked eye could see that, it shouldn't count as an out. You know, there should be some sort right. of, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you handle that. There are smarter people out there that could figure out a way. I'm, I'm confident, but there has, there, there needs to be some sort of a, you know, a decision around that to just not, that's, that's just ridiculous. It seems like I've seen that a little less this year. Maybe I'm, uh, not paying attention. I've given up, but, um, but yeah, I feel like I haven't <laughs> seen that as much this year. Well, and you know, the thing is too, Manfred said with, uh, if they bring in the robot umpires, they're still going to give uh, the, the the theory is they're going to give the managers a couple of uh, appeals every night on the robot calls. So if they're going to do that on the robot what? calls, why can't they do it on the human call? Yeah, yeah, they were going to allow the managers to to appeal the robot call. So if you're going to do that, why couldn't you do it the other way? Who do you appeal to? I, I guess you appeal to the home plate umpire, and then they go check the computer or they check the TV monitor and see where it shows up on the box, and then they decide whether the robot was right or not. I guess that's what they're I mean, saying. You see it real time. Anyway, yeah, I don't I, it's understand. bizarre. But anyway, that's just Rob Manfred being Rob Manfred. Yeah. All right, I have a solution. Bob Costas for commissioner. Get rid of Manfred. Do a petition. Oh. A, a million votes for Bob Costas. I mean. You know, I know what, and I love Bob Costas, but you know the, you know why that would never work? Because Bob Costas would want to do what's good for the game. <laughs> Rob Manfred. Darn. Well, no, seriously. Rob, yeah, but Rob Manfred works for the owners. That's the problem now is the commissioner works for the owners, period. There's no more in the best interest of baseball stuff. This is about how much money you can make for these owners, and that's all they care about. You know, So that's why a guy like Bob Costas that would actually give a damn about the game itself would never work. As much as I like them, you know, it's a shame, but I love listening to them broadcast games. Did I lose you guys? No, we're no, here. No. We're just like, nodding yeah. our heads. You hear it? Yeah. Our heads rattling. It's radio. Hey, hey it's guys, right. it's radio. Oh, you yeah, can't nod right. your heads. Nobody, like, oh, nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, Gene. You tell them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. <laughs> it's past our bedtime, Gene. The, honey, take me to bed. Well, we, are, it's too we, late. Are, we are taping. That's true. We are taping this kind of late. And for for three old guys, this is not easy. This is not easy. Exactly. I, I start collecting. I got my I got my first social security check coming next month. That tells you how old hey. I am. Hey, Jesus. hey, Gene. Hey. Another thing is when yeah. I listen and just nod my head, it works with my wife, but it doesn't work for radio. So that's you. <laughs> No you know, the problem is I've, I've never actually learned how to just nod my head. I always have to make it worse. I nod my head and then I say, yes, dear. <laughs> and it's not usually, it, and, and it's not usually in that calm tone. I just said to you, it's yeah, usually more, yeah. yeah. I don't want to say condescending, but it's usually yeah, no, a little no bit way. more sarcasm. In it. 
little bit more sarcasm in it, and it tends to get me in trouble. No way. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we, I want to talk about the trade deadline uh, just a little bit. But before we get to that, I just thought I would take a second since we're talking about the the midway point and take a look at our picks where we <laughs> what we picked to start the season. Oh no uh, no. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul, Paul, right now, you're the only one that picked the New York Yankees to win the American League East. I must have been drinking a few beers that day. Well, and get this. All three of all three of us picked the Chicago White Sox to win the Central. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's that went well. Now we all three picked the uh, the Strohs. That, but that wasn't you didn't have to be Kreskin to figure that one out. And for right. if, for those for those of you listening to the podcast who don't know who Kreskin is, yeah, amazing, Google right? him. Yeah. Uh we all three picked the Atlanta Braves to win the National League East. But here's the thing. That could still happen, right? We're they're what, two and a half back? Yeah. It's competitive. You know, so that yeah, that that could still happen. And the Mets are losing tonight to uh, the Cincinnati Reds by God. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, we all we all the the, the picks that look in the worst right now uh, is the uh, AL Central where we all pick the Chicago White Sox. We all look yeah. like idiots. Uh, and and Eric, you and I don't look too good on picking the Toronto Blue Jays to win the American League East either. Oof. Yeah, I mean they're not bad. <laughs> but again, here we go. You know, yeah, well here we go. The evil empire. We nobody thought the Yankees were going to run away and hide. And then right. the uh, the NL Central. That's another race. We all the three of us all picked the Cardinals. And I think you only picked America because of your wife. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's one of those where it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, they're only three back. Yeah. So, yeah. I think. You know, I think exception of the White Sox picks. Really well. I think by and large. Three old guys haven't done too badly. Yeah, we'll take it. Why not? Uh, all right. We had we had a lot of people going right. on the White Sox. Yeah, but you know what? We were just jumping on the bandwagon that the uh, that the media had built about the Chicago White Sox. Right. Exactly. I blame the media. <laughs> so I want to. I want to. I blame the media for everything. So does my wife. Uh, all right. I, I just want to run down. I thought uh, be, to end this thing. Uh, we'll take a look at the trade deadline. It's coming up. It's a little bit later this year. I think it's, what, August 1st or something like that. It's a couple of days later. Um, and I want to get your opinion on whether uh, teams are going to be buyers, sellers, or whether you think they will stand pat. And we're going to start, obviously, with the teams that that we know the best. So let's start with you, Eric. Uh, the Kansas City Royals. I know they have a base, but there's been a lot of talk, you know, a, a base, a core of players that they like. Mm-hmm. Um, but Andrew, Benet- Andrew Benintendi is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Do you think he's as good as gone from Kansas City? Yeah, yeah, I would be shocked if if Benny wasn't was still around um, at the end of the year. Um, he's played so well. I mean, he he was really, uh, you know, probably one of Dayton Moore's best pickups ever. Um, you know, for the for his time with the Royals, just you know. Uh, that was he's been outstanding. You know, Gold Glover last year. He's batting three fifteen ish this year. Yeah. Um, so he's you know, yeah, he's he's gold. There's no reason why we should, um, you know, not get some prospects um, for him on his way out the door. Um, you know what's you know what surprised me about him too? He's only twenty seven. I thought he was older than yeah. that. Yeah, he's very young. I'm. He's uh, yeah. He's somebody can get him. And, you know, lock him up for a good long time because he's, yeah, I mean, those a guy who can play left field as, as well as he 
does you know you'll uh you know even if his batting fades um uh you know you know he's a, he's a rock out there in left field and he's he's terrific let me let me throw another name at you and i know this guy is really popular in kansas city and i know you really like him but what do you think the chances are that the royals consider moving 33 year old whit merrifield uh at the trade deadline i mean i suppose it's not out of the question but the, it would have to be a haul and and Whit hasn't had a very Whit Merrifield uh, year no. this year, so not at all. I don't think anybody's going to offer you know something up for Whit that's that's going to be with. And we I think we still have a little bit on left on his contract too. Um, he has he has uh, he has a, a two well one year and a mutual option left. He has uh, twenty twenty three, um, and I I don't know who negotiated his salary, uh, but this is interesting. Uh, his salary right would this year is seven mil. He'll get two point seven million next year, but if he if he spends less than one hundred and ten days on the injured list, uh, he'll get six point seven. So his salary <laughs> is actually going to go down next year, even if he doesn't spend too much time injured. And then they have a mutual option in twenty twenty four for eighteen million dollars. Wow. Uh, so no. So let's let's just assume that the Royals are not going to bring him back for $18 million at age 35. So that really that means, right. right. So that really means you have one more year of Whit Merrifield in what will be his age 34 year. And he's hitting 240 this year. So what do you, what do you do? Well, I mean, you say you got to get a haul back. What kind of a haul are you going to get for a 33 year old second baseman who hasn't hit 300 in the last three years? Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying, right? I mean, look, he's, for the Royals, he's a really good player. He's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he hits a lot of base hits, occasionally hits with power. He's a utility guy. He can play all over the field, um, you know, and he shows up every game. I mean, he, he, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's finally sat down a game, but he was up to like 500 consecutive games um, earlier this year. So, uh, so, you know, he's just a dependable guy who's out there and plays day after day. Um, and I just, I don't think we would get in, in, enough back for a guy like him. He's just not trade material. Right. Um, okay. so, you know, there's just, I, I, I don't see the payoff for a guy like wit. Um, I think he's, he think he's undervalued by baseball, um, uh, to quote Bill James. Um, the, but on, you know, I think if, if there's another person that I think they might end up trading, um, there's been some talk around Scott Barlow, um, who, uh, despite giving up the game-winning homer, um, you know, on July fourth, um, has been right. a pretty pretty good reliever, yep. um, for, for the Royals. Um, and you know, I hesitate to give up anybody who's been anything close to consistent out of the bullpen. Um, but you know, again, it would have to be you know, some pretty serious prospects, I would think, because Barlow, I don't, and again, I don't think Barlow's not, I think he's got two years left as well. So, um, I, th- you know, I, who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, maybe this year has been disappointing enough that they're going to really jump in, you know, whole hog and, and, and just try to make stuff happen. Um, and, you know, Dayton Moore's history on that's been pretty good. Um, you know, he, the, you know, the Zach Grinke trade, you know, uh, pretty much right. won us a World Series, um, you know, with, with Lorenzo Cain, um, you know, who just retired, one of my all-time favorites. 
Um, but, uh, but boy, there's, boy, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I'm, there's a lot of other problems besides just players, I think. What about the Tigers, Paul? Is it, uh, are they going to sell? Are they going to buy, which it doesn't seem likely considering where they are in the standings, or do you think they're going to stand pat with what they have and hope that this is just kind of a, a blip on the radar and they can regain the kind of the magic they had last year? So this year, they're not going to do anything this year. So they're going to get rid of anybody who's going to be a free agent next year. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, Michael Fulmer, who had a great rookie year and then hurt his arm, has never been quite sent, quite the same since. He's gone. The surprise is Tucker Barnhart, who they brought in as a free agent. They thought he might be good. He's been way underperforming. He may be going as well. Um, Tigers know this year's not going to be their year. They're just pleased that uh, Riley Green is playing outfield. Um, and then Torkelson's, their high draft pick, is finally turning it around as well. So they're not too concerned about Baez. He'll figure it out. But, um, you know, hope springs eternal in Detroit. We'll get them next year. I think I think the Red Sox are, are definitely have to be buyers. Um, I don't – their bullpen is a mess. You know, they're, they just, uh, they've had a lot of injuries and they're going to get Chris Sale back. They've got James Paxton coming back, but they're, uh, they've got a lot of cast offs guys that are kind of uh, kicked around a uh, Tyler Danish, a guy who was with Chicago for a while there. I mean, they asked him to get a save the other day. That's how bad things have been. Um, so I, I think, you know, and they might come call to the Detroit Tigers. Michael Fulmers has some good numbers. If they're thinking about letting him go, Paul, you know, He's thrown 30 innings this year. He's got an ERA of two and a whip of like just 1.0. So, I mean, he's only given up 16 hits in 30 innings. Um, so that might, I'll tell you what, I might have to call high and bloom and uh, see if I uh, have him give the, uh, the tigers a call that might, uh, that not might not be a bad one. So, um, you know, this, there's some other big names that people are talking about. Like Robbie Grossman's a guy that people have mentioned, Paul, you don't think that they'd move him. Um, you know, last year he was part of the secret sauce, him and House. They were the two guys that were sort of keeping things going, hardworking guys. They might, and they might, um, but they are going to be definitely sellers this, this season. Well, it, well, the thing with Grossman, one of the reasons why they might is, what is he, he's hitting like just, a, I think he's sitting just a shade over 200, something like that. So, well, it'll be interesting. We know that uh, we've still got, 81 more to go, but every game that we play from here on out, guys, we're one day closer to, to the dark days, and I just I don't like it. I don't. My my wife may be excited, but I'm not. So that's all I got to say. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Even with my constant whining and griping on this podcast, I will miss baseball once we get to the end of the season. <laughs> I actually well, have yeah, enjoyed- and you. I've enjoyed watching the Cardinals. I've been watching lots of Cardinals this year. So. <laughs> Well, well, and Amy's got to be pretty happy with the way they play. She is, she is, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, it's a special year for them with you know Yachty, um, even though he's been on the DL for a little bit. Uh, Yachty, you know, on his way out, and Albert Pujols right. being, you know, for maybe his last season as well. Um, you know, and who knows what's going to go on with Wayno. Um, you know, so it's it's a pretty important season for them. So that's been a lot of fun to watch, um, and then just to watch you know Paul Goldschmidt, who's just played incredibly um, yeah this, he's, this is the 
just the Paul Goldschmidt they thought they were getting. You know, I yeah. mean, he he had, he had been kind of a little bit disappointing, but man, he's he's playing like he did back when he was uh, with the Diamondbacks. He's been uh, tearing yeah. the cover off the ball. I don't know if he's ever played this well. I mean, he's a you know if he keeps like this, he's the you know he'll be the MVP. He's just been uh, completely you know just unconscious at the plate. I've never seen, I, that's, I don't remember last time I've seen somebody play, you know, like, and like I said, I've watched a lot of Cardinals this year. Um, and yeah, he is just, you know, tearing it up. So, and he's a Woodlands, you know, he came out of the Woodlands here where I live. So that's fun too. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode of the boys of summer. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, just after the all-star break. We'll probably have a better sense of what teams are going to be buyers and sellers. We can talk about that. We'll talk about the all-star game. And uh, although uh, we didn't even bring up the all-star, the whole all-star balloting and stuff to me, uh, major league baseball has made this unnecessarily complicated, but then again, that's probably the world we live in today. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot. (laughs) I was was trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Anyway, oh, yeah, right. the two two different rounds of voting and all that. Can't what, yeah, we? Yeah. Why do we? We always have to make things complicated. But you know why? I think I think the first round is sponsored by a different company than the second round. So it's <laughs> another it's, it's, a, it's another chance go. for Major League Baseball chance Follow to get money. more money. Yeah. yeah. For Eric yeah. Braun and Paul Arnold, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Boys of Summer. We'll see you next time. Yeah.